Good morning. This is June 27th, 2023, and we are here with Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. And what a day the Lord has made. What a day, what a day, what a glorious day it is to be in the kingdom of God. We're serving the greatest Lord and Savior ever, Jesus Christ. He is the man. Amen. He is the one. He is that he is El Shaddai, he is protector, he is our refuge, our high sh- our shelter, our high fortress, whatever you want to say. He's the Rose of Sharon, the Lily of the Valley, the Root of David. He is the one and all. Amen. In him, as Paul says in Acts, in him I move, in him I have my being, in him were created. All things were created by him and through him and for him. And so we're just excited to be in the house this morning talking about Jesus, um, sharing Jesus with the body, sharing Jesus with the lost that's maybe just driving through a location, hits the scan button, and all of a sudden comes upon 91.5. You know, traveling down to the mountains this last week and spending some time on vacation with the family, you know what I did on the way down there? Because I drove my mom's car. My my wife drove her van, and I drove my mom's car. And so it don't have Apple CarPlay. It don't have... Bluetooth. You don't have nothing like that. And so you know what I did in my car? I scanned. Scan. I scanned. Hey, I remember doing that. I remember doing that. And so I can just see it. Somebody's driving down the um, I-65 corridor, scanning, looking for a station to look for because they're traveling somewhere. And then all of a sudden they fall on Box 2 Radio. And if that's you this morning, if you're listening to um, Box 2 Radio just by happen chance, we don't believe in it, but I'm just saying for you it would be happen chance. For us, we know it was divine, and we know it was a connection that was meant to happen. You're here, and you're listening to this because Jesus loves you so much. Amen. And he died 2,000 years ago so that you can have life and life more abundantly. And whatever you've gone through, wherever you've been, and whatever you've done, it's not too much for the blood of Jesus to cover and to resurrect you out of it. So we are just declaring over your life today that he loves you more than you could ever possibly imagine, and that his grace is sufficient, his blood is enough, and that cross was meant for you. But he took it, and he took the death that we deserve to die, so that only we could live the life that only he deserves to live. And um, that's life and life more abundantly. All you had to do today, friend, is really believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that he is Lord, and the Bible says that's what? It. You shall be saved. Amen. And then once you confess Jesus with your heart, with your mouth, and believe in your heart, and um, we're not leading you into a sinner's prayer. We need You just need to confess your sins to a holy God, and he will forgive you. Bless you. <clears throat> he will forgive you, and he will cleanse you, and he will make you to be born again, what we call. Give you a new heart. Give you a new spirit. That's it, brother. And um, you'll be a new person. And once that happens in your life, find a, fi- a Bible-believing church wherever you're at and talk to them about what just happened in your life and in your heart and let them disciple you, let them mentor you. We strongly believe in baptism because baptism for us is a representation of what Jesus has done inwardly. Amen. He has resurrected us. We went, we went into the grave dead, of course, but we went into the water. We were cleansed, and when we were cleansed and resurrected and given life back, then we come out alive. And we have tasted of his resurrection. Amen. That's right, brother. Well, I don't know what got into us, but we just did there. (laughs) That's Um, awesome, man. You weren't here last Tuesday, so you had to get it all in there, bro. That's awesome. I had to. That's good. Um, I don't know. I just felt like like there's somebody there's the scanning down the 
I did it yeah. a lot. Like right. I was always looking for a Christian radio station down there. Yeah. Um, I never mi- realized how much I miss like Apple CarPlay or the ability to play podcasts <laughs> or something over the radio until I couldn't do it. Right. Um, and so in those moments, you're very thankful for Christian radio. Yeah, yeah, um, that's so. for sure. How are you, Brother Josh? I'm doing fine, Brother Aaron. I mean, good to have you back and good to be uh Good to be back in the program today. You know, I was, you know, we had a, a great week last week on Tuesday. I mean, I, th- I thought it was. So, but I mean, we always miss you, brother. Because I mean, I always um, tell people there at the church when the leader's away. You know, I said sometimes when the cat's away, the mice will play. So I mean, I I don't think we was playing because I think we've done well. But yeah, I anyway, heard y'all did so. a great. Well, Roger tried to but, fire me. Um, <laughs> Surely Rod, not Roger. Roger said the girls didn't need me, that <laughs> they can host without me. So well, I mean, we had, uh, of course, brother Chris last Tuesday, and then after we did it there, then we let them all just come in here from eight thirty to nine, and I listened to it on the way to work, and that last thirty minutes, yeah, it was awesome. It, yeah. was, it surely was. I really liked um, Pastor Chris. It was a joy and an honor to yeah. get to come pray with you guys a couple of weeks ago. Well, some pastors got together. Yeah, uh, there was five of us in the room. There I was, guess. and yeah. uh, one of the pastors that was supposed to be there, he had a. Uh, Talked to Billy that a uh, few days later because Billy said, you all right? He said, I'm just going to be honest with you. I forgot. So mm-hmm. he said, well, there'll be a next one. So yeah. hopefully the, that first one was more of a uh, getting together and uh, kind of uh, p- telling our hearts a little bit to try to, but the next ones are going to be more, of course, more prayer involved. In yeah. It, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So to set the stage not only for what's coming up the next few months, but from this point on. Mm-hmm. You know, oftentimes I think, Aaron, that um, uh, people just pray for a word and certain thing, pray for it, pray for it, pray for it, then after it comes and gone, it's like it's over. Yeah. Well, we don't want it to be over. We yep. want it to keep going. We yes. want it to keep going. And mm-hmm. I mean, I'll be honest with you, brother. We was at Nortonville last night, and I'm telling you, I mean, it's like you you don't see no quitting, quitting the people. Mm-hmm. I mean, you do, after 133 weeks, you think, all right, Going back down here again for a couple of days or whatever. Of course, I ain't I ain't been there for no hundred thirty three weeks, but <laughs> it's been a month since I've been there. Sure. And I mean, the joy of it is though, you know, when I went in there, Brother Howard Jones that was on with us a month or so ago yes, on the sir. program. One of the very first things he did, he hugged my neck. He said, "Man, I love being on the program with Brother Ernie yourself." And he said, "Man, it was a joy." So mm-hmm. I mean, uh, so just uh, sometimes when I think that uh, here's uh, my big picture of my me thinking that pastors that got a whole lot more involvement maybe than I do as far as that thing going, you know, the revival going on, church on Sunday, church on Wednesday, all the uh, outreaches they do during the week. You know, that's just something that we had him do. And I was not that he forgot it, but that it's just, hey, it's just what he does. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we take for granted, I think, about that's just what we do and we just don't sit back and, you know, thank people for the ability to do what we do. Yep. But, I mean, when he done that to me for just 30 minutes of, you know, him being on here by phone, and, I mean, still yet it touched him. So. Amen. It was a great interview, great time in the presence of the Lord. Um, I know at Madrid coming up July 16th, Bishop yes. Lance Johnson will be back there. Hey, and it's at 6. six at 6 o'clock. o'clock? Yep. All right. Because uh, what happened was, talked about that last night, I think I told Hannah last week that it possibly was going to be at 7. Mm-hmm. But July 16th will be at 6. <laughs> so. And last time it was literally flowing at the doors. <laughs> so yeah. if you want to come, you should probably get there early. Yeah, get um, there early. And uh, I remember some of the older ones uh saying that um back years ago when in the community 
there used to be people outside, and they would open up the windows mm-hmm. where people could hear. You was close and, to it. And uh, anyway, so now some people have said that some just come to kind of be a little bit nosy or whatever. And I was like, bring them on. Bring, bring them on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let the so. nosiest na- lo- nosiness happen. But um, anyway, so we're uh, we're excited. We're excited about yeah. what the Lord's doing right now. I mean, you know, right now. Yep. So, amen. I mean, we're anticipating a great outpouring in September. But like I tell the church all the time. Um, we don't have to wait till September That's for it. His Spirit to That's be poured it. out because He is it. pouring out His Spirit on sons and daughters right Amen. now. Amen. And so I love that word, Josh. Right now, He's right doing it right now. now. That's it. Um, he's a right now, on time God. Yes, every he is. single time. Yeah. And um, we're just excited to be a part of the kingdom of God and do whatever he asks us to do with a willing yes and amen. So, again, that's July 16th, starting at 6 o'clock at Madrid Pentecostal. Right down the road, we are going to have Brother Bishop Lance Johnson back with us that night. Great, great man of God. Um, Really, really love his heart and his ministry. Um, I got to, we went down a couple weeks ago on a Wednesday night to New Life. Yep. um, Where he was ministering in Bowling Green. About 10 or 11 of us went down there. And that was great. And uh, one of these days, I'm going to get down to Nortonville. Um, you said Brother Todd Smith's going to be there in a couple of weeks. Yes, in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I mean, they got a. Then there's a guy that actually spoke a little bit last night. He's from Eastern <clears throat> Kentucky, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know. He just does a lot of things. He's got like a million subscribers on TikTok. Yeah, and uh, he, they just showed a couple of his videos. And Brother got, Joshua. Yes, yeah. that's it. Mm-hmm. So see, I had never. I guess I'd never met him or heard of him until yeah. last night. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so um, he was actually there last night, and he's going to be preaching there next Sunday, I believe. Oh, great. Because they're going to have Sunday night, but they're not going to have it Monday. But Sunday night, they are going to yep. have it. Yep, and that brings us to a segue. We won't have our regular office open or anything in the ministry open July 4th, the week of July okay. 4th, the whole week. We yep. do a shutdown here every week, every year. From um, It'll be... July 3rd through whatever it is after service that morning, I think it is. This Sunday, right? Yes, after this so Sunday. It's next July week. fourth weekend is so this weekend. Next week we'll have pre-programmed things going on, and the radio station is on autopilot. We'll have some sermons in the morning, so you don't want to tune out yet because there'll still be some great sermons. Uh, we got a couple. I think I'm trying to pull up a couple from – I'm trying to find one that Brother Ron preached. Yeah. Um, it's probably still one of my favorite ones, and um, it was called – be there so if you're there be there and i just loved it was you know when you hear somebody preach a lot yeah you remember what they're saying but sermons kind of tend to run together so you don't know which sermon what was said in right but you remember it was said and but this one i remember pretty vividly and um just talking about i don't know if we still have that sermon recording but i'm gonna have roger look for it see if we can find it yeah but it was called be there and it was talking like you know if you're with somebody be there Right. You know, if you're in prayer, be there. If you're in the house of the Lord, be there. And don't be somewhere else while you're in the room. Yeah. And I love that. And, Man. I, and I know that I know sometimes that things are happening and when you have maybe a busy schedule or you're leading something or something like that, you may be having to do two or three different things at one time, multitasking. Right. I'm not so much talking about there. I'm talking about when you're with your family at the dinner table. Put the phone up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and we're all guilty of it. Like, yeah. I mean, I think we're all guilty of it. You say that when you go to church on Sunday morning, you leave your phone at home. I, I do. I mean, uh, when I leave for, uh, actually, I bring it to the program with me here at 730. But when I go back home, I normally 
I'll leave it right there on the table at 8.30 in the morning yep. and don't pick it up to about 4 mm-hmm. o'clock in the afternoon. Because you want to be there. I want to be there. And I love, I love, I just love that sermon. So that's awesome. Um, we're gonna have we're gonna have several sermons next week, and um, maybe even replay another time the Lance Johnson interview that we did for an hour. I don't know. We're just gonna, yeah. We'll start working on all this and have it ready. Of course, I will be available for call, prayer, anything you need. So yeah. Again, you can text me or call me at two seven zero two three zero six three three seven. You can also use that number to engage with the broadcast. So if you have something you want to engage with during the morning. We would love for you to text us in again, 270-230-6337. But the church will be on, the ministry as a whole will be on ministry shutdown next week. Sounds so awesome. we won't be here. Um, and so give the opportunity for their family to, from the staff to spend some time with their friends, their family, and yep. enjoy the 4th of July holiday. And so um, we're always excited for this week for them. And um, and so I just, I don't know, I'm anticipating a I love what Jason said. Let me just say it like this. I love what Jason said Sunday morning. He reiterated yesterday about just the momentum and the the, the feeling in the body of Christ right now. It's just yeah. gro- it's just growing and um, accelerating, and um, and so we're just very thankful and honored um, that God would pour His Spirit out upon right. all generations. Amen. Amen. Um, <clears throat> and it's something that uh, that. We think of old, we think of it old, we think of when he's coming, but it's, like I said, it's right now. I yeah. mean, I just, I love to express to people it's right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I love to express to people that, and I know I'd say this over and over and over again, hey, I'm thankful for my salvation. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm most thankful for, Brother Aaron. But the thing about it is, if I'm not doing nothing with it, if I'm not advancing it, if I'm not growing it, then what am I doing? Yeah. So, yeah. anyway. Yeah, we, um, we have we have kind of got to the point to where I want to see people saved every single day. Yeah, I want to. I, I, that's why God raises up evangelists. We're right. all to do the work of an evangelist. We're all to be. Um, I tell people all this, and people really freak out about this. We're all called to be preachers. Yeah, like being a preacher is not somebody who just stands behind the pulpit. That's it. That's more of a teacher, to be honest with you. Come on, preaching is preaching the gospel, and yeah. we're all called to preach the gospel. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you're flipping burgers at McDonald's, standing in a suit and tie behind the pulpit, or you're running a insurance company. That's it. You are all called to preach the gospel. That's right. As believers, we're all called to do the work of the evangelists. Yeah. Now, will everybody take a megaphone and go on the street corner and scream it? Probably not. But every day you're going to encounter people that you will have an opportunity to share the love of Christ with and the goodness yeah. and the good news of Jesus Christ. And we all must take those opportunities to tell people of his goodness, of his grace, of his mercy, of his, of his love, of his good news, which means gospel. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's that's that's it. Like we're all called to be preachers. We all want to see people saved. We all want to see the harvest come in. But also. I want to see the body of Christ mature. I want to see them edified. I want us to see us grow up and um, stop being imposters and stop playing the game of Christianity and get serious about this thing and realize that our children's lives are on the line and our children's destinies are on the line and our children's eternal um, placement is on the line. Um, Our grandchildren, our nieces and our nephews and our moms and our dads, like eternal people's eternality is literally depending and hinging upon what we're doing with the good news. Yeah. And it's time that we do something with it more than 
go to church and sit in our pews for a couple hours on a Sunday morning and call ourselves very religious. That's it. That's um, it. You can be stuck in that rut all you want, but I refuse to be there. Amen. We're going to build the kingdom. We're going to see the harvest come in. We're going to see the body of Christ matured and edified, and we're going to see the lost come in. We're going to see the um, adulterer restored. We're going to see the alcoholic set free. We're going to see the porn addict get ad- purity back like whatever it looks like i'm ready for the king of god kingdom of god to grow amen i'm ready for his spirit to be poured out and i'm ready for this generation to stop being under all out assault because we have fallen asleep on the watchtower and have not taken us our rightful place as protectors of this generation instead we've been um the critics the analytics the the ones who have sit up there and criticized everything they're doing yeah but we've not been the one up there fighting the enemy. Wow. And um, on Father's Day before I left, I, I stole a sermon from Brother Ron from Nehemiah. You're building on one hand and you're fighting with the other. Man. And I got my DeWalt drill on one hand and I got the sword off my wall in the office with the other. And I said, dads and fathers are called to build a platform for their children to stand on and fight every demon off of it. Wow. At the same time, we're called. We're yeah. called to be builders, and we're called to be fighters, and that's this generation, and that's what it is to be somebody on a watchtower, somebody willing to build but also um, to fight at the same time. That's right. I mean, it must be something about uh, being a father because, I mean, uh, supposedly, of course, I know we just come out of having a Father's Day or whatever, but uh, last night, then, of course, uh, Brother Billy said he listened to it online, but Sunday night, Brother Bishop Lance um preach about to the fathers mm-hmm. he preached to the dads yeah and uh according to another brother down there his name's brother clint that kind of orchestrate some stuff too he's a pastor there locally but he just said that uh that about every dad in that place was just broken and yeah. just uh, was at the altar mm-hmm. including all of them yeah. and i mean just uh something about how you know how there's a call and a and a very needful thing for people, for men of God, to be fathers. Yeah. And not only to, you know, and I'm not just talking about to their children. I'm talking to to the spiritual body. Yeah. There's there's people that need to be fathered. They need to know, you know, they need to know what Jesus can do for them. They need to know that there's that even though number one Jesus is there for them, but also there's men of God there for them too. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I mean, a lot of people when they come. When uh, people always ask, and uh, I mean, I got a couple teenagers in my youth class, and sometimes I'll say, well, what's, I mean, what's so hard for you to believe that the Lord is real? Do you believe that he's real? And it's like you'll get a look about them and says, well, uh, well, do you or not? And I mean, it's like uh, then they're looking at me to try to give them maybe an example of how to lead. So if they can't, if you don't really believe that Jesus can do certain things, that don't matter how old you are, and therefore us, his father's got to rise up and show people of why he can do that in a certain situation, of why he can allow you to get past where you're at, allow you, even though you ain't had a had a natural father, but see, yet there's a spiritual father that could be so much more. Yeah. And I mean, so many people, even though they grew up with a dad, but sometimes they didn't really have a father. Mm. somebody that could teach him this or teach him that just just hey had a dad but i want to be somebody that i can i want to instill into people and even even my daughter she just got married over the weekend but still yet i want to be i always want to father her i always want to be her dad and you know so it's just um 
yeah. it's just a great time and you know it just um very humbling very humbling even last, last night when we was driving down there i was thinking about my nephews mm. and uh, i remember in my first few years of my nephew's life my wife had had them all the time she would babysit them you know as but anyway but then it turned into many days but thing about it is during that time brother and when they're real little even though you're in their life every day but even as a two-year-old three-year-old four-year-old Sometimes when they grow up and grow older, not that they forget that, but really don't remember a whole lot of it. Mm -hmm. You know, so right now as teenagers, they need a father. They need somebody to instill in them more so probably now, even though they grew up. And so to be there for them. Yeah. And that's what I want to be. Yeah. That's what I want to be. You know, I know we're supposed to be in John, but let's, oh, I want to unpack later. something. I want to unpack for something. Go let's for do it. this. Um, you were talking about not just being a father to our natural children or our biological, but to our spiritual ones as well. Because yeah. the body of Christ, um, we're growing. Like, we're seeing people saved. We're seeing yeah. people come in. And um, think of all those young people that was born again or changed during Asbury just a few months ago. And, um, you know, I think this is the one thing. I'm going to say this, and we're going to take a second to unpack. So inter right. interject Good. anytime you want to. You're fine. I really feel like in my own spirit, I feel like the Spirit of God leading me to say, you know, give me the Generation Z. I want to. I want to father them. I want to do whatever I can. I feel. I know what it's like to not have a good dad. I know what it's like not to have a relationship with a dad. And I think this is the mark of this generation. Wow. They grew up without a father. They don't know how to relate to a father. And whenever they start to be spiritually fathered, and they start to be mentored, and they start to be um, raised up, they're gonna. There's gonna have to be men um, and women both. Who are because when we say father, we're not just instructing just male. It's like people who are raising. Yeah. Because Titus instructs older men, younger men, older women, younger men. Right. What we're what we're saying when we use the term father, it's it's a mentoring. It's a raising up. It's it's the older mentoring the younger. That's what the Bible instructs. And um, I feel like there's gonna have to be a generation that knows how to be patient. Yeah. Knows how to love knows how to word it because you're not going to be able to just come right at them. Like they don't know how to relate to a father. They don't because they've yeah. never had it. And so God's raising up men and women on the earth to know how to raise these generation, raise this generation up. But when we say God give us to generation Z, what happens so often in the church is the older crowd will say, well, you just don't want us no more. It, it's This is where I'm going to say there comes a time when you've been saved for 40 years that you have to stop being entertained. Yeah. You have to start doing ministry. That's the point of the fivefold gifting in, the, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. It says he gave some apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists um, to do to what? To perfect or to edify or to build up the ones that are supposed to be doing the work of the ministry. Come on. And so if you've been saved for 40 years and coming to church expecting the pastor to still entertain you every Sunday morning to make you feel like the most special person on the earth, you're missing the point of the kingdom of God. Yep. And at this point, we don't need you to be fed. We need you to be feeding. And and so whenever I say God give us the generation Z and the older generation gets a little upset, like we need you engaged. Yeah, we need you engaged. 
And this is one thing I love about what God's done doing here at Bethel is that a lot of the times the older generation doesn't get upset when they say, give us the younger generation because they're ready to mentor. They're one of yeah. the disciples. But I've been in some churches that's not like that. Right. And so I'm telling you, and, and so I'm not speaking to necessarily just Bethel. I'm talking to any church. If you've yes. been saved for 40 years and you're still expecting to be spoon-fed on Sunday mornings because you're not learned to feed yourself or learning to feed others, you're missing a blessing. That's I'm right. not condemning you. I'm not critiquing you. I'm not putting you down. What I'm trying to say is you're missing an incredible blessing of what it is to not be fed but to be feeding yep. and it's one thing to give I mean it's one thing to receive it's another thing to give yep. and we have learned to receive for so long we have failed to learn how to give but the real joy is found in the giving never the receiving because yeah. whenever you become a parent now I'm, I'll, I'll keep talking Josh so you gotta <laughs> you're shut right, me you're up alright right, because you'll know what I'm talking about this people who yeah. are parents I'm, it was awesome as a kid to receive Christmas presents. Yes. It's another thing when you see somebody else receive the Christmas present that you yeah. gave. Yeah. And you find a joy seeing your kids open the presents that you never found whenever you opened yeah. the presents. Amen. That's what the body of Christ is about. That's it. When That's you're it. when you're being fed, there's a joy. Right. But the truest joy comes when you start to feed. Yeah. And oftentimes, I mean, man, you, I mean, you're right on. You're hitting it, brother. That's awesome. Because I mean, even last night there was a word that was spoken as it, brother Lance was preaching. I, I hate going back to it, but I mean, it's just on my mind right now as you're saying that. He said a lot of people said, "Hey, everything." He said, "Everything that I do is not Lance. Mm -hmm. It's all for the Lord. Mm -hmm. It's for the Lord." He said, "People ask me all the time. Said I want to be able to do that." And he looks at him and says, "Well, do it." He said, the only thing that's stopping you from getting where you need to be in the Lord is who? It's us. That's right. It's you. Mm -hmm. It ain't about what I can do. It ain't about, it's about you just more or less dying to yourself and you telling the Lord, all right, I want nothing but you. I'll be honest with you. We was actually, he, at the end of service, when we got ready to dismiss, he lifted up his phone right there and he goes, I repent before the Lord and you guys right now. He said, look at this thing. He had like 16 text messages, six phone calls that he missed during service. Mm -hmm. And he said, I spend too much time on this without fighting for people out there that are hurting, people that out there need healing, people that out there that need salvation. Instead of me on my knees praying, praying for them, I'm often too busy caught up in trying to make sure that I answer each and every call or each and every text. He said, there ain't nothing against anybody that does that, but the thing about it is, where's my priorities? That's right. And so, therefore, he uh, understands it, realizes it's something greater than this. I mean, I love technology. I love how we can, I mean, I can be anywhere less on the app. But oftentimes, I mean, I spend, you know, we all do. He said, there's a place in here where you can go and you can see how long you've been on your phone today. He said, I'd hate to see that for some of us. Oh. And, uh, well, anyway, so he just, he was broken, man. And, I mean, so many times we... And whatever we put out there, even though we don't think kids are looking, kids are listening, kids are seeing, but they see what we do as parents. They see what we do as leaders. They see what we do as whatever. So let's don't allow them to categorize us in the same category as everybody else. But let's be different. Let's be the father. You know, even when it calls about being a son of God in the Bible. You know, I've heard a lot of people, but if you look up some of those words, son, it means more or less means a child. Mm -hmm. So that includes everybody. Mm -hmm. That ain't just the men, but that's everybody. 
that become who the Lord wants you to be. If he wants you to speak, speak. If he wants you to talk, talk. And I mean, so many times we used to talk about people being in this way 40 years and not even really doing nothing. Well, they think if it ain't jump shouting and knock them all out, you know, they think you ain't doing nothing. Yeah. I mean, but the thing about it is, if you're not persistent, if you're not consistent during the times where there ain't all that going on, Mm -hmm. then who are we? Yeah. I mean, I want to be somebody that's faithful. I want to be somebody that's true. And I mean, I love emotions. I get emotional. I love, you know, I cry, I shout, I, I'll do anything like that. But still, yeah, during the times of where maybe I'm not there, I still want to know, hey, Jesus, you're working to me greater now than you ever have been. Mm-hmm. And I want him to still work on me. I want him to still work on me because I know that until he comes, I'm trying to be like him, just like he instituted us to be because he made us to be free. Mm -hmm. He made us to be free. There's a difference in, you know, there's people that's been made free, but still yet because of choices that they have chosen, they need to be set free. That's right. But they actually been made free. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we have, we all get things that get in our way yeah um and we said this several we said this a lot is that sometimes those things that distract us the most aren't necessarily bad things sometimes they can be good things that's right and sometimes they can even be godly things yep but we have to be careful not to let something like for instance egypt was once israel's deliverance but then it became their bondage well and we always have to be careful not to stay in our deliverance way too long. Yeah. We got to move on. Yeah. Because Egypt was not the end game. Egypt was only supposed to be a stopping point. That's right. It was supposed to be a refilling point. It was supposed to be a point where you charge up your electric car sort of deal, and then you keep moving on. The problem is they just decided to keep the electric car blue, turned in and plugged uh-huh. in and never left because it became easy. Yeah. And um, anytime you get too comfortable, you're probably not in the will of God. Come on now. Um, and that's not always popular to hear because we kind of have this American dream ideology about our Christianity that says that the whole point of Christianity is so you can have a picture-perfect life with a picket fence, two kids, wow. a dog, and a nice house, and a good car, and your bank account's good, and your 401k, and that's what Jesus died for you to have, give you life and life and more abundantly. Yeah. Well, if that's your abundant life, I don't want it yeah. because I don't care about what house I, could drive, how I live in. I don't care about what car we drive. I don't care about all that. I mean, we, we have nice things, but it, that's not what holds me. What holds right. me is the harvest. What holds yeah. me is the gospel, whatever. I, that's what my heart beats for. Yeah. And so if you're going to ask me about Christianity, Christianity was supposed to be dangerous almost. I mean, look at what the look at what the apostles did. Yep. They turned the world upside down, not yep. by being comfortable, but by being uncomfortable. They were like, Lord, I don't know what we say when we go in front of leaders. You don't have to. The Holy Spirit will tell you. More or less, good. It's good. That's where I want you. Uh, yeah. That's where he wants us. Yeah. I mean, so many times as pastors, as preachers, we think that, Lord, I, I here I have studied, I've done this, I've done it. It's like he tells me again, and it's like he speaks to my spirit, brother Aaron. Like, listen, I got you, I got mm-hmm. you. I mean, you know, you preparing, you do all this, and sometimes as you prepare, and I mean, you got it. I got to prepare, at least I do. But a lot of times in my preparation, you know, then when you go to do that, the Lord just wants to see you be willing to be ready and prepared. For whatever's to come. And I'm That's thankful right. that he's preparing a people greater now, like ever before you say, Well, I don't see it. Well, that means the one that he's preparing, he's going to get the glory for it. That's right. He's going to get the glory for it. That's right. So, 
Well, we're going to take a break, read our first trivia question of the morning, come back here with probably more of this discussion this morning on Mornings of Box 2 Radio. Tuesday, question number one. Who questioned whether 200 penny worth of bread was sufficient to feed to 5,000? Who questioned whether 200 penny worth of bread was sufficient to feed the 5,000? 270-257-2689. We'll be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. The Box Two Radio Network, brother Aaron. It's been an awesome thirty minutes already. Uh huh. Thirty minutes, man. And then we didn't even get to John, but boy, we were getting some good stuff about how being fathers. Of course, you know, uh, I often tell people, you know, sometimes we hit uh, other points that we've said before. But the thing about it is, if you don't say it often, then everybody ain't gonna hear it. Yep. I remember, uh, well, back when I was a kid, I remember Brother Ron saying, I got to preach the same message probably 10 times in a row to make sure everybody that comes to church here yep. hears it, right? So, You know, I can give a testimony on that. Yeah. Like, there was this point, um, I feel like I'm the kind of preacher that won't do notes. Yeah. I'm just like that. Now, right. We I all know, discussed I this. Yep. I just not, I'm, but I'm also not one of those preachers that don't have any idea what I'm going to say until I get up behind the yeah. pulpit. So I'm like, I'm kind of in between, like, I'm prepared, but I'm not overly prepared because I'm. And uh, I think you can be very prepared and still the Holy Spirit be spawned, you know, use you however. So I think it's your personality. I think the Holy Spirit works with what works best for you. But for months, I kept on having to preach the same sermon. Yeah. I preach it in different ways. But I, and there was even a couple points I was like, Lord, can I just preach something different? Like, um, can I just do something? I'm like, these people, I mean, the people have to be getting tired by this now. Um, but you know, honestly, what we drove home for six to eight months behind the pulpit is yeah. starting to come to manifestation. Wow. And I seen just how much reinforcing it, pushing it, driving it, yeah. it makes a difference. Now, was that, was that, uh, here lately or how long ago do you remember doing that? Um, or has it been, it, was it when you was a pastor somewhere else? Uh, um, here, here it was here. Oh, was it? Yeah. yeah. And we're now just starting to really see the fruit yeah. of it. Well, I, I'm reminded about uh, somebody telling me this before about how uh, about how uh, there was somebody that was preaching revival. I don't know if this is a story, if this is real life or not, but anyway, it's the thing that's been told that uh, they would always go to John 3.16. And the thing about it is when you go to John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth him should should not perish but have everlasting life. And so I'm reminded about, they said he would get up like three days in a row and be like, uh, go to John 3.16, John 3.16, John 3.16. And at the end of the day, at the end of the service on the third night, somebody says, are we ever going to, are you ever going to preach something else? You're preaching the same thing. And more or less, he looked at the people and said, if you ever get this part of it, we'll move on. <laughs> so, I mean, can you imagine, can you imagine that if we ever get that part of it? You see, and I know that here lately, my pastor, Brother Billy, has been driving home how we must, how we must decrease so that he can increase. Jesus can increase in our life. And I mean, if we get that part of it, then we can move on. How do we do that? I mean, I know me and Brother Aaron was talking about the uh, five-fold ministry earlier. We was talking about that, and we, we understand that uh, it takes everybody pulling together. But then again, we, we know that it's for what? It's for the perfecting. And we are, I don't claim to be perfect, but the thing about it is, his body, his edification through the ministry, through the fivefold ministry, is actually for the perfecting of Christ. 
for the perfecting of the saints. And I'm thankful that we serve a perfect Savior and I can strive to be perfect. I can strive to be who he's called us to be. I'm thankful for that. You know, when I talk about perfect, I got to say this little story. I remember as a kid, Brother Aaron, I remember that um, I would go to my granny's and, you know, as my mom and dad worked or whatever, I'd go to my granny's as a kid and I, I just learned to make Kool-Aid at my granny's. Mm-hmm. And I remember that uh, every time I make the Kool-Aid, I put some sugar in it, then I'd stir it and take the spatula and try to get a sip of it or whatever and say, then eventually I have to add to or take away. And uh, I said, well, or add to it if it needed more. And I said, yep, that's perfect. <laughs> and so I remember when, you know, that's one of the stories that my granny and papa always talk about how I would do that and everybody else. But anyway, just something about getting it just right. So mm-hmm. it's often I use that illustration of how he's stirring the body of Christ in a way that he's adding to things that we need. Whatever I need may not be something what somebody else needs, but he's adding to our life's things to what? To make us to be just like him. That's right. And I'm thankful he's stirring the body right now. And what is he stirring the body for? For what? To making us to be perfect like him. Yeah. So You know, uh, Romans chapter 8 somewhere around verse 29, 30, 31 in that area, it's what we call the golden chain of redemption. Or some people call it the golden chain of glorification. I call it the golden chain of redemption. But he basically says those who he calls, I'm sorry, those who he foreknows, he yeah. calls. Yeah. And those who he calls, he predestined. And what does yeah. he predestined us to? To be conformed in the image of the Son. Come on. And I, I love that because now, and then those who he predestined, he justifies, and those he justifies, he glorifies. But he's literally talking about being conformed in the image of the Son, that as believers, we were predestined. We were predestined to become like Jesus. That's what we're— Amen. I mean, that's it. Like, that's it. That's what he's trying to get all of us to do. He's not trying to get me to look like Josh. He's not trying to get me to look like um, Bishop Lance. He's not trying to get me to look like— any, he's not even trying to get me to look like Aaron. That's what he's right. trying to do is trying to get me to look like his son like him. and to be yeah. conformed in the image of the son. And, um, you know, and I, I think that's the beautiful thing about sanctification. I think that's the beautiful, beautiful thing about that's really what holiness is. Right. Holiness isn't fulfilling a list. It's not a it's not a rules. It's not a it's not a um, do's and don'ts parallel on the wall. Yeah. It's Jesus. Right. Holiness is about Jesus. That's it's it. being about like him, looking like well. <sighs> You know, it's it's behaving like him, responding like him, loving like him, having mercy like him. It's holiness is Jesus, and Jesus is perfect holiness. And if we'll find out how to be conformed like the Son, Amen. then we walk in perfect holiness. That's right. I mean, there's a spot in a song that Rachel plays around in and there at the church. I think it's actually by Charity Gale, but there's a spot in there that says holiness has a name. That's right. And it's Jesus. Mm-hmm. Redemption has a name, and it's Jesus. Yeah. All these things has a name, and it's Jesus. Jesus. And I'm Jesus. thankful. I'm thankful for that. It's all about Jesus. That's right. The that's good right. news, the gospel of Jesus. Yes, and that's what we try to put forth, and that's what we not only try to speak and say, but we try to live it. We yeah. tr- we live it. You know, yeah. we want to be a people that lives out what we preach, and we mm-hmm. better. Not only do we want to, we better be. That's right. You know, saying because we are going to be responsible for what we do do. Or what we don't do. That's right. And I mean, so oftentimes we think, well, we just put it out there and it's it. No, thing about it is, I tell people when I prepare for a message, actually what it is, the Lord's preparing me because I need to do that. Yep. And therefore, he's given me the things to say for you to grow as well. That's right. So. And, you know, um, 
Well, let's do this. Let's do this before we continue because I don't want to miss this because I don't want people to <laughs> keep on thinking, you know, they're calling in for the first trivia question and we got it right. Joey Sosh got that right for the trivia yeah. question. Um, and I don't have the sheet in here with me. And my phone is unusable at the moment to look oh, up the answer. So wow. it was Philip. Philip was the one. <laughs> okay. Um, I just can't read, read the whole question. That's I think right. it, 2000 penny worth. Was that what it yep. was? Yep. Um, and so, but it was Philip. And um, Joey Sosh got that right. Also, Joey Sosh gave me the dad joke of yeah, the day. I was, yeah, that's right. We My wife it. said I should do lunges to stay in shape. That would be a big step forward. <laughs> if you don't know what lunges are, lunges yeah. are literally big step forward. Um, that is the most unpopular oh, conditioning exercise ever in basketball is lunges. Because yeah. if you do lunges wrong, it's easy. Yeah, You just walk down the court big steps. Yeah. But if you do lunges right... Yeah, it will it will tear you up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know, brother Joey. I mean, I I thank the world of brother Joey. And I mean, I know I don't get to talk to him very often. But even when uh, brother Jim that goes to our church, he works with brother Joey now a little bit more. Uh-huh. I think uh, he went back to work with Hayes or whatever, and uh, he tells me about conversations that they have and just how his day was going good and just I mean, it, it's just awesome. It's mm-hmm. just awesome. Yeah. awesome to hear that. So. Yeah, he's gonna be preaching tomorrow night here at Bethel. Okay. Joey is. Yeah. And, uh, like I said yesterday, we're so excited for him and his wife, yep. Ms. Me- Megan, to step into the ranch wow. leadership back there and really getting involved in um, in that ministry. They're so excited. I know they're called to it, and yeah. God's going to use them in big things. And we got some other things stirring for that ministry back there, too. Um, but, you know, Miss Megan filled in for Heather this morning. I mean, this Sunday morning, this past one in the Keys, and did a great job. Wow. And, and so just a blessed family to, awesome. to have really joined the, the body and the family here. And we couldn't be more excited to have them apart. Miss, actually, Miss Megan's also leading up the VBS um, that we're having here August 3rd, 4th, and 5th. Yeah. And so we're, we're so excited for that. Um, just really believing God for an outpouring of his spirit among the kiddos and children and teenagers. And That's we're great. just anticipating such a, such a move of his spirit on that part as well. Yep. And so, but I wanted to get that first trivia question out there because I didn't want people to still be calling in and thinking they needed to, um, you know, um, still be attempting to <laughs> That's answer. Right. That's right. <laughs> and yeah. so, uh, but it's it's so good. It's good to be a part of the body of Christ. You had a big day Saturday night. Oh man, big day Saturday. It's been a big day How much for the last cry? three months. How huh? much did you cry? Uh, let's say, I'll, I'll tell this story on my daughter. Actually, be honest with you, brother. Aaron, a couple months ago, when we went to pick out the dress, mm-hmm. what happened was she wanted me to go. Mm-hmm. Well, so when she actually said yes to the one she wanted, then that's when whatever. And she said, "I figured you'd be crying by now." I was like, "Well, let me get through all this, knowing what this costs, what that costs, and then <laughs> then we'll go from there." Okay. <laughs> but anyway, so Saturday we had a—they call it a first look. Yeah. Anyway, so they had my back turned and everything. So, I so then she walked up behind me and I turned around and there she was and yeah, I lost it pretty good. So uh-huh. anyway, but yeah, I mean, uh, so but it was an awesome day. Everybody that come out and was there a know, picture of that first look? Huh? Is there a picture? There's gonna be. There's gonna be. So we have a we have a video that's gonna be out and so he's posted a couple of things on Facebook about a small clip as he's done. Uh huh. But I'm I'm pretty excited about it. I really am. So I mean, just just how people come and uh, you know, uh, one of the things that Brother Billy done during the wedding was, and I like this that he asked everybody to pray over yeah. over uh, mm-hmm. Briar and Maddie. 
over is uh so i mean and that's what we do and that's what we're going to continue to do yeah. you know and I, I told him one time i said yeah whether you realize or not of course we didn't know it was you i said but we've been praying for you for a long time mm-hmm. i said even as a little little girl i remember uh one of the very first things my mama when maddie was i mean not even three or four yet she said yeah i'm starting to pray for her husband right now mm-hmm. see so i mean that's what uh and I'm yeah. thankful for how it's worked out, you know, but from this point on, now what do you do? You grow. Mm-hmm. And like I tell every married couple, new married couple, here's what I tell them, brother. And I said, you're a team. And I guess what? You want to be the best team out there. Yeah. I said, we have people that's in front of us that uh, we often talk about my granny and papa have been married so many years. Brother Ernie, sister Mary have been married so many years. Actually, those are people that have withstood the test. Those are people that have, but still yet, your team, and therefore, because you're a team, you want to be better than the other team in front of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as a father, I didn't even really realize this. Uh, I remember being young, married, or whatever. But as a father, my dad would institute to me, well, I want you to be better than what I was. And I'm like, what? I mean, you're you're doing great things. You, yeah, but I want you to be so much better. And I mm-hmm. didn't ever really realize that yep. until I got my own child. Yep. And really realized that, yeah, I want her to be better. And I feel like, you know, that uh, maybe starting out, you know, they're probably better off. Yeah. But I don't know that. But, I mean, I'm just saying. But from what I say is the reason I say that is because there's people that's been praying over this situation, over this marriage for many years and I'm thankful for my family I'm thankful for all those that help and everything that we do Amen. even the venue people that we rented the venue from these they come and about the wedding was over and they just come they was like wow seeing all my family my friends and everybody helping out to pick up and everything they said we've never seen this in our life I said normally it's two or three people mm-hmm. I said no I said our family helps one another Mm-hmm. And so I was able to talk to them about that a little yeah. bit. So, that's awesome. you know, trying to do those things. Because, I mean, that's, you know, I everything we do, we do it as unto the Lord. Mm-hmm. Whether you're in the body of Christ, whether you're at church, whether you're for your family, I hope that whatever we do is for the glory of the Lord. Yeah. And I'm thankful for that. So Amen. Anyway, so, yeah, you'll be... Uh, You'll be seeing some pictures later. I can't wait. Whatever. I hate that. <laughs> I, was, I would have been there, but... Yeah. Um, I was probably in the lazy river at hey, that point that's somewhere. That's all right, man. No. That's all right. So they went to they went to Miramar Beach, which is uh, right outside of Destin, and I think actually uh, the uh, ocean is red flagged right now mm-hmm. that you can't even get in there. Yeah, but they're still having a good time. So, well, um, you know, we we did the same thing at Hannah and Ethan's wedding. Is yeah. they the whole party came around and surrounded them and prayed awesome. for them. And yeah. I think we did a worship song there too. Like yeah. played a CD song and they worshiped and it was a beautiful moment. I love when weddings do that. Um, yeah. I love, I, honestly, I, th- I think one of the things too is that I've seen in weddings lately that I really do like, and I don't know why I like it so much. I just, I think there's an intimacy to it is the foot washings. Huh. Have you ever seen that done I, in a wedding? I don't know if I have or not. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. They're pretty, um, I feel like there's a, humbleness and a yeah. servanthood to it but it's also a intimate thing and a lot of times when i've seen it done almost both of them are weeping as they do it and wow. it's just this beautiful moment and so yeah. um i don't know I, I love how i want to say this i want to make sure i word it right here there's some like there's some traditional aspects of marriage weddings that are good yeah. but i love how we're kind of expanding the 
harass them a little bit on it. Yeah. And realizing that it's okay to do a worship song during a wedding. It's yeah. okay to do foot washings. It's yeah. okay to pray over each other. It's so not every wedding has to look the same. Um, one of the things I do with my my couples, and I'm I'm a little nitpicky about who I marry. Um, I don't just say yes to everybody. I really right. don't. I'll be honest with you, brother. I've actually not necessarily scared people off. Yeah. But I would tell them, I say, listen, I don't call it now really counseling, mm-hmm. but we will get together at least one time. Yeah. You know, for a few hours. You talk about in the Bible about what marriage is and stuff like that. Yeah. I think I've got out of four weddings by saying that. You're you're much nicer than me. I do three. <laughs> I know. Well, I do three sessions. I remember, I remember uh, Brother Ron when he married me and my, me and Rachel, and we'd done three sessions. Yeah. And it was like two hours a piece or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Mine's about an hour, hour and a half. Now, yeah. I, I mean, you could, I have a lot of res, uh, references about going through premarital with me. Yeah. Um, and I, I think everybody really, I try to be as thorough as possible. Yeah. Um, so we talk money. We talk. Yes. Um, we talk intimacy. We not not together, but right. I tell them the right questions. Yeah. They need to talk about all that privately. Um, we talk about family, in laws. We talk about um, communication. We talk about a lot of different things in right. every premarital counseling, and and pretty much you at this point you have to do that with me if I'm going to yes um, do your marriage just because I feel like. I want marriages to last. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you, a lot of marriages that don't go through premarital don't last yeah. because they're not prepared. Yeah. Um, they get these shocks. They get the shock and all. My 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 goal as a pastor taking you through the premarital is to get the shock and all out of the way yeah. and help you walk through it. And, and so yeah, we, right. we... That's good right there because a lot of times you think, people listen right now, Yeah, they might think, well, Lord, because this is what I got out of that. You're you're trying to talk people out of it. No, I ain't trying to talk people out of it. I'm trying to prepare them for it. That's right. So when it happens, they'll be ready. Yep. Instead of being shocked, like you said. <clears throat> I give them the tools, and I I'd say, I say this a lot. And, again, a lot of that, I think I'm probably just really honest at times. I, yeah. I say a lot of things other pastors won't say. Yeah. Um, because I feel like they're not – I feel like they think they're not supposed to say it. Well, I, I never went to seminary, so I don't know what I'm supposed to say and not to say. So I just say whatever I think. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I have a filter. But, you know, it's – if you sit there and tell people they're never going to argue in a marriage, you're a liar. You are a liar. Like, there's that's all it is. There's never been a marriage in the history of the world that's never argued. Come on. You're not. Okay. So our goal as people who help and prepare marriages are to teach them how to argue well and how to last past the argument. And and so that's what I do. And look at one another and say, hey, you don't win every time. And look the other one and say, hey, yes. and you don't win yeah. every time. Well, you know what I tell them? It's well, you, not about winning. <laughs> Come on. It's about moving forward. And if your if your <laughs> argument doesn't have you. an intent to actually progress your relationship forward, yeah. every argument's an opportunity to grow. Come on. And and so what is causing the issue, find the issue and fix it. Yeah. Don't it's not about winning because then that's where we have to learn to humble ourselves. That's good, Aaron. At the end of the day, it's not who won the argument. It's did your relationship survive it and did your relationship grow from the argument? That's good, brother. That's what good arguing is. Amen. And it should have an outcome of actually producing growth, maturity, and an increase in love and respect and honor. Yeah. And um and you know, we, we go we go deep into it's not always about having the right answer and it's not always about being right. It's about honoring each other. It's about That's humbling it. yourself. It's about preferring one over each other. And 
And in the body of Christ, it's, it's got to be the same thing. How many churches do we see split because we couldn't argue well? Yeah. Because you're going to argue. Like there's going to there's going to be times in your church that you attend that there's going to be arguments. There's going to be yep. disagreements. There's going to be now when we say arguments, I'm not talking about fist flying and yeah. There's a maturity to arguing that right. should and be. You're there. not necessarily talking about in the church service yes. itself either. Yes. But be angry have... and sin not yep. kind of deal. There, there should go. be a limit and a cap at your arguing. Because um, there have been too many people that what happens is what happens they get mad. They yeah. get, yeah. They go, yeah. But it's it's all going to come back to humbleness, humility. Um, that you don't, you cannot win every argument, or you shouldn't feel like you have to win every argument. That's right. Because sometimes when you have, when you go into a debate or something like that with the intent, I'm going to win this because I'm going to prove to everybody what I'm right about and they're wrong. You'll never hear whatever everybody else is saying. And that's why there's not a lot of growth in any relationship, not just our marriages, but our friendships, our church relationships, the body of Christ relationships. It's because we always have the intent to be the winner. Right. When really we should have the intent of what are we doing that we need to readjust so that we could be better as an, in a relationship. Yeah. And relationships are one of the most important things that we'll ever build in the history of our life. Come on now. Um, your money, your bank account, that's going to that's gonna fluctuate. Yeah. But your relationships, like... Um, you know what Josh was just saying about his whole family sitting there and helping clean up and and serve after the wedding. I mean, even friends, and I mean, even you know, it's just yeah. What's I mean, that I a byproduct? That's a byproduct of strong relationships. And I thought that too. And of course, you know, uh, Justin, <laughs> Justin was my uncle. Justin, you know, Uncle, uncle Justin. Justin. Yeah, Uncle Justin. I <laughs> but got anyway, him. he said, man. He, we was over there in the corner, and uh, I think Billy told me, he said, we do this every weekend, Billy. Because <laughs> every time during the summer, it seems like we got something going on. This one has a party. That one has a party. Yep. We're going to Granny for Mother's Day. We're going to Pepaw's for Father's Day. We're doing all these things. And he says, and he goes, we do this all the time. We just know what to do. So, I mean, it's so awesome, though. I mean, so, but wherever you're at, I, I say that to say this, but wherever you are at, you must understand that the Lord wants to be, you to be a part of it. And, I mean, even some people's like, well, I don't feel like I'm doing nothing. But think about it is once all the body works together, it's going to feel like, feel a relief on you as a natural body to know that everybody's pulling for you, everybody's striving for you, and the body's what? Fitly joined together. See, so we must understand that even in the body of Christ, even probably where you go to church at right now, there's people there that actually needs an encounter with Jesus. That needs an encounter. So why do we have programs like this that can help you be edified or help you must let you understand that what? That you must understand that Jesus is for you. He's not against you. And I I know that the Lord is on our side. I know that the Lord is doing some great things in the body of Christ. And I want you to be a part of it. I don't want you to quit. I don't want you to give up. You say, well, Josh, I just, uh, there just don't seem no hope for me. But Jesus, you must realize that Jesus is our hope. Jesus is our, us knowing that he has instituted us to be just like him. I'm thankful for creation. I'm thankful that how he formed us in his image. You know, I tell this little, uh, I tell this thing at um, church sometime to the Sunday school kids. I said, listen, he spoke the world in existence. But when it come to you, he formed you. 
I'm thankful that he's still forming me. He's still making me. And I know I say it all the time, but my cousin, you know, my, my cousin Beth, we grew up together. You know, she was just like a sister growing up to me when I was, uh, when we was little, you know, but still yet, he, we would sing the song, He's Still Working On Me. And she would still sing it, He's Still Working On Josh. That's how she would say it. You know, she's one of them that helped me out a few years ago. And, and uh, when all this... Um, the sickness was going on. Everybody was worried about me because my lungs and this and that. And I remember Beth calling me one time or telling me, said, I, I, to be honest with you, Josh, I'm not worried about you. I was like, well, okay. She said, no, because God's got you. God's got you. And I mean, she even got me a shirt that says, God's got me. And I'm thankful that God's got me and God's got you. I know it's 8 o'clock here, and uh, we're getting ready to go to break at our 8 o'clock hard break. And so uh, we just thank you so much for tuning in. We thank you so much for being a part of this program. Like I said, if you need to call or text in, I want you to call at 257-2689. Or also, I'd like to, if you need to text me, you can, 270-230-5924. You know, I'm just uh, so excited. You know, so after we get back from the break in a song, we're going to get into Mana on Monday. So we'll just, uh, we'll be back in a few minutes. network we're so grateful for you guys being tuned in got a little bit of engagement going on this morning you know uh brother joy sauce uh just texted in i'm thankful for uh for him thankful for uh the opportunity that i have to know him and his family and you know hopefully get to know him more in the next years to come you know how the testimonies and things this morning are helping all of us out you know it's so great to know that um that our testimonies oftentimes we get into a place of where we think that uh, possibly, well, nobody wants to hear that. Nobody really wants to, you know, know that. Or, you know, we think we we don't need to say certain things because maybe of how it will sound to people of what we may have had to battle sometime before. But I want to express to you again that I always express to people at our church is if you don't share your testimony, if you don't give your testimony, then you're not allowing people that are around you to know what the Lord can do for them as well. So I always want to encourage you, you know, even Brother Mike, you know, from church, he texted in about how him and his wife, when they very first started, had did have a couple few rough years there. But he said, we never gave up on each other. And I love her more today than I did 43 years ago. So Brother Mike, I thank you so much. And I, and I know you do, brother. You know, you post on Facebook about your wife and just so awesome. And again, we just want to say, Thank you for being tuned in this morning. Uh, it'll be just me here this morning for a few more for a few minutes. Brother Heron had to step out, so we're going to go ahead and give out the Tuesday question number two. We didn't do that before the break, but we're going to go ahead and do that. But Mariah is in there, you know, ready to answer the phone, so we're going to go ahead and give this in. It says, "Why did Balaam's donkey turn away from the angel of the Lord, which angered Balaam? Why did Balaam's donkey turn away from the angel of the Lord?" which angered Balaam. So you can call 270-257-2689 if you know the answer. We'd love to get you in the drawing for that's coming up. So uh, we want you to be a part of that. So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and get into our get into my manna on Monday. But this is Tuesday morning, I know. But I'm going to go ahead and read that as I often do on Tuesday. You know, it's just so humbling, you know, to 
to uh, know the ones that listen, the ones that read my man on Facebook, you know, there. And I'm I'm thankful for, I'm encouraged by all the other ones. Even talked to Brother Joey a little bit while ago, even what he puts on Facebook and different things. It's just so awesome. It's amazing that uh, people of God, and I mean, I know you could sit there, you could see some of the great stuff. Of course, you can, anything that we have, a listener, anything that we have this morning can be used for good or probably can you be used for bad. I mean, people talk about how Facebook is horrible, but see, yet use it for the good of it. But don't let it consume you in a way where it overtakes your life and that's all you think about. But let it be something that you can use as a tool for the kingdom of God. That people that maybe not have, maybe not really think about the word, that they'll know the word. So, manna on Monday, this Tuesday morning. So, John seventeen twenty one. it says that they all may be one. As thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. So here's my take on it, that scripture. Jesus was trying to prepare the people to realize who he was, who he is, and who he will always be. In this chapter of John 17, we read that the Lord actually prayed, and one of the main points of this prayer is for us as a body to become one. In order for the world to see Jesus for who he is, we must become the body that he wants us to be. One. Over the last few days, I've learned even more how people can come together as one to accomplish anything. We, as the body of Christ, must realize the importance of becoming what our Father wants us to be. When Jesus told his disciples, the harvest is great, but the labors are few, that was a sign that only a few were going to come together as one. I hope and pray that your desire lines up with the Father's desire, and that is for us to become one. Not only do we need to become one, we need to stay one. Those that endure to the end shall be saved. I believe more than now, we have realized we can't do this on our own. And now that the church is ready, is becoming ready, not only for him to come, but for us to be sent out. Prepare yourself for the harvest. How can we do that? With Jesus helping us too. Be strong, stay strong, and we strong. You know, oftentimes we consider this John, John 17, we know this to be actually the prayer that the Lord prayed. We go to Psalms 23, and we think that's, that's, uh, that's the prayer. That's the Lord's prayer. No, that's our prayer. John 17 is the Lord's prayer. Because what did he pray? His main emphasis on this to prayer is for us to become one. I'm thinking many times how when the Lord began to, uh, was an example for us here on this earth. So when he prayed for us to become one, that's how we as a body need to pray as well. When we pray as a body, we pray We pray for the Lord to do great things in, in our lives. We need him to do many healings. We need him to do many things. I'm reminded again about something that happened last night about how there was somebody, I believe that uh, uh, Brother Lance was saying it, that in the North of Georgia revival, that come to the revival, talk about healing, talk about, and Todd Smith, it was like, why didn't this one get healed? Why didn't that get healed? And they were missionaries. Their daughter died or something, and their daughter died, and they was wondering, they was questioning, why didn't my daughter get healed? 
He said Todd Smith looked up with tears in his eyes and said, We didn't pray enough. Don't allow our lack of prayer to cause things not to happen. But always be in a state of praying for people. It's important for us, church. It's important for us to know. It's important for us to to understand that what the Lord wants us to do, He wants us to pray, and He wants us to be, be prepared. You know, something that was said that is being said to us, John 15. I know we're in the book of John studying or whatever, but John 15, which we ain't quite made it there yet. <laughs> but that's my favorite chapter of the Bible, I believe, is John 15. Talks about abiding. But something that was said last night was the depth of your abiding will be the degree of your walk with God. So how's your walk this morning? How's your walk? Does your walk, is it a reflection of your abiding with Christ? So how do we abide more? How do we grow more? How do we do these things? I believe we do these things by by what? By prayer for each other. You know, I spoke on the uh, on the radio Sunday morning about how in Galatians about let me help you, cast your care, you know, more or less, Cast your burdens for each other. Bear one another burdens. Are you bearing each other's burdens this morning? Are we doing those things? Are we preparing ourselves for this day? And I know that many people have done gone on to work. Many people have done gone on and started their work day. They may have us on uh, on their in their ear on a on a AirPod or something through their phone. But however you're listening this morning, are we preparing ourselves? For this day, may this day be the day of salvation for someone. May this day be the day where you speak to people in a way that that glorifies God, that allows him to get all the glory and all the honor. And see, in all I do, I want to honor him. In all I do, I want to I want to serve him. I want to be the be the light that he's called us to be. Think about it is we often talk about being the light. We talk about how we as people need to express to others how we can be the light in this dark world. We know we're living in a world, but don't give up. Don't give up. Too many, we was talking about fathers earlier. Too many fathers has given up on their children. But I'm thankful mama still prays. As a father, sometimes we think that being the being the tough one, being the one that does that, but mama still prays. I'm thankful for moms that pray. I'm thankful for men that pray. I'm thankful for the body of Christ that pray. I'm thankful for churches that will pray. If you're not in a praying church, you need to start letting it be a praying church. If you're not in a place, I tell them there oftentimes they're at Madrid. If you're not, if you're not growing. If you're not growing in this place, we need to be going to a place where we can grow. Because the thing about it is, what have we done? We have prepared, we have called people in, and without them being prepared, we have sent them out. See, the Lord, when He sent them out to 70, He sent them out two by two. I'm thankful that He sent us out together. I'm thankful, you know, for Pastor Aaron, you know, that's here, that uh, is always willing to help, always allowing me to help him if I need to or whatever. But together, we're being sent out. Even though sometimes we only see each other on Tuesdays. 
But see, yeah, through the week, what are we doing? We've been sent out. We've been sent out. You that are listening this morning, you've been sent out to go where you're at. I'm reminded about my shoulder. I'm reminded about how, you know, my shoulder had been doing awesome the last little bit, but still yet they're wanting me to do physical therapy. And I, I, I really didn't necessarily want to. But, I, you know, Sister Mary at the church there at Madrid, she said, you're going to have to go through this because somebody else needs to hear what you had to say. See, sometimes people put it, the Lord puts us in positions. Maybe we think, Lord, I'm healed. I don't need to do that. But I believe the Lord puts us in positions sometimes of where we can speak to people's hearts and let them realize who we are in Jesus and let them realize who they can be in Jesus. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for many a time that people has, you know, poured into my life or said this or said that. You know, I'm just so thankful for those things to what to be where we are today. So what causes you, what drives you to grow closer to the Lord? What drives you to go closer? Is it things that you find in the scriptures yourself? Or is it things that people preach? Or is it things that people say? Or what drives you to be where you are today? You know, what, you know, actually in our life with Christ, there's been times, more or less milestones, we can call them, or I'm going to call them, of where we have advanced. And so I want to make sure that whatever is advancing me is something that I always use. Because it's something that grows you, you're always going to be able to go back to know it. But it's something that necessarily don't grow you, then we don't need it. But I'm thankful for growth. So we don't hear those uh, phones ringing this morning, so we want to read the question again. Tuesday, question number two. Why did Balaam's donkey turn away from the angel of the Lord which angered Balaam. Why did Balaam's donkey turn away from the angel of the Lord, which angered Balaam? 270-257-2689. You can call that number, and if you know the answer, and you will get into the drawing uh, and uh, hopefully win yourself a great prize. So, now, we understand and know that, you know, there's many things that, us as a body of believers must do in order to what in order to advance in order to grow see our growth is not determined by the lord our growth is determined by us see he called us and now what do we want to do we want to advance the kingdom of god we want to uh, glorify him and I'm thankful that we can glorify him, that we can that we can stay in a place that is that is what that is burning our hearts to make us do the things that he's called us to do. See, that's what I try to do. I try to encourage the body of Christ to let them understand and know, let them understand and know that there's that there's many things for us to do in the kingdom of God. And I'm thankful for this kingdom of God and that I'm a part of it. You're part of it. You know, this uh, morning, the Box 2 radio is something that, you know, that I'll be honest with you, probably was one time a, a kind of, not a dream, but something that I'd like to do. And I'm thankful for this opportunity that I get to do this. And that it's an opportunity that I, that I get to hear other ones as well throughout the week. You know, the different co-hosts and Brother Aaron being the main host or whatever. But still yet, he always says, listen, I love to talk. But the thing about it is, 
anybody that wants to talk over me, go for it. <laughs> so I'm thankful that he lets me go for it. <laughs> Amen. So it's just amazing to know that how we are all connected, you know, different churches are connected. Even I was telling Brother Aaron before the program about how two pastors have asked me last week about getting on here to be a box two radio preacher, as yeah. Brother Ron would often call it. Come on. <laughs> he would call it box two radio preacher. So hopefully that's going to be happening next uh, few weeks or month or whatever after it gets it all lined out. But hopefully that's all getting ready to come to pass as we continue to grow not only the body of Christ, but also uh, even this station and even the uh, ministries that everybody's a part of. You know, we want to grow them. So mm -hmm. thankful for it. It is. It's good. We always want to give a platform and ability to have the voice that the Lord has given you out into the, um, you know, just the harvest and Amen. the body. And so if you ever want to connect with us to become a box two radio preacher, just get in touch with us here at the office, two seven zero two five seven two six eight nine, And we will, um, we will get that rolling for you. Brother Greg Carwell got the answer right Amen. on the trivia question. Josh, you got that answer for us? I do. It was, uh, it was why did Balaam's donkey turn away from the angel of the Lord, which angered Balaam? The answer is the angel was holding a drawn sword. And mm -hmm. that was in numbers 22. Amen. So, anyway. the, an, the angel was holding a drawn sword. And so good stuff, good stuff, Brother Greg Carwell. He's our co-host on Thursday. That's awesome. Um, and we always love Brother Greg in the studio with us, does a great job. He uh, texted me yesterday on, well, he called me after the broadcast a little bit later <laughs> and told me how he's been eating because uh, I did my little announcement yesterday. I'm trying to eat well. And really? Yeah, you didn't hear it? Yeah. I'm sorry, brother. But I, I, yeah. I was power washing. Hey, look at I this. Look at this. Sunday when I went to the grocery, I bought salad. Wow. I don't look know how. Look at you, brother. Oh, Man. I'm going to have to I'll have to start out hey, two or three you, leaves at a time. you finally eat that lettuce, you send me a picture of you eating it or something, all right? <laughs> I'm, it's probably going to be funny watching my face. Um, but I'm trying. Yesterday, I didn't. I I did pretty well. I didn't eat yeah. no chips or any. I didn't eat no junk food. No wow. no chips. Um, didn't have no cokes or caffeine. Period. That's my hardest I thing. You right ain't now. got a coke this morning. Um, I don't know what it's hard. Like. like I already felt the headache and the body aches. It's, if you have to detox from something, it's probably not healthy for you. Wow. And um, and so we. I'm giving it my best attempt. And so I'm 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 trying. I'm trying. That's um, awesome. I I'm not gonna be perfect at it. Uh, I, but I ate pretty well yesterday, I think. Overall, I think I did pretty good for me. That's good. Um, I got some... I, I I joke all around. I joke all the time saying the only green food I ate before this was pistachios. <laughs> and, uh, um, and so that... I said, well, that's green because the bag's green. It comes in, so it has to count for green there food. There you go. But um, no, I'm, I'm trying. I'm going to try to get lose some weight and hit the gym and... Uh, I just got, I found something out on vacation. I did rest a little bit. Like we didn't, it was, it was pretty good. Like it was one of the best vacations we ever been on. That's good. And I did get a little bit of rest, but my body still hurt and I was still feeling bad. Like it was still just, I thought maybe it was tired and ex exhaustion, but it wasn't. And yeah. I, I really do believe it's what I'm eating. And I'd really, I, at this point, I feel like the Lord's really doing this, um, is that we really do believe there's a move of the Spirit coming that's going to be a sustained move of God. Like, we're not looking for something to build a church. We're looking for something to build the kingdom. Right. And we're looking for something that our great-great-grandchildren, if the Lord tarries, will still reap from. Yeah. And so I feel like it's our responsibility and our duty, if we're going to pray a move of God in, to be here for it. And 
And so I want to live as long as I can by the grace of God. And I know one of those parts is having a responsibility over the temple, the Holy Spirit that he's given us to have. And so I feel like we need to steward over it well. And yeah. I feel like that um, the move of God is about the harvest and everything, but the move of God should change us. Yeah. And it should shape us and it should mold us. I'm not trying to be real. I'm not trying to be legalistic. Like I'm not trying to say that me eating poor food is going to be send me to hell or anything like that. But I am going to say that um, it may get me to heaven faster. Come on. And so, I, I mean, it, I want to be diligent about wholeness and um, and healthiness. And yeah. so uh, it's just something the Lord's really been laying on my heart lately. And I know I'm not going to be perfect. If you see me at McDonald's eating one time, don't judge me. All right. Judge, <laughs> you know, get that speck out of your own eye first before you get the log out of mine. Or yeah. get the log out of yours before you get the speck out of mine. Um, I'm not going to say I'm going to be perfect. And there's yeah. going to be times I'm just I'm still going to crack down and go eat chicken nuggets because I love chicken nuggets. But I'm I'm trying. Now, and, are you, like, you the only one on this so-called diet? Or y'all all putting it together uh, kind of? or Kind of in it. Well, I'm 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 going aggressively. Not everybody yeah. else is going to. That was a little bit difficult yesterday, watching Cloud walk around eating a big old bag of chips, and <laughs> me sitting here with my my half a cup of pistachios or whatever I was trying to eat, and um, you know watching them guzzle down a Mountain Dew, and here I am with um, like water and cranberry juice yeah. or whatever it was. You know, it's just there's a difficulty to that. Yeah, sure. But, well, see, that's why that's when my uh, man on Monday started was when our family diet challenge it's uh, something about brother aaron i mean to be honest with you i probably need it again because i've gained it all back <laughs> but see it's a lifestyle yeah you know what i'm saying diet just ain't about losing weight but no. more or less it's a lifestyle of not doing this or not getting this or not eating as much of that because if not over a period of a few years what's going to happen is i'm back to where i was yep so it's really you know about if we really want a total change you know during a competition like you know, my family very competitive. My uncle was just a lot more competitive than me. <laughs> so he ended up he winning. Got he got me. But anyway, so what I'm saying is, you know, but when you were in a place like that, you know you can do it. But still yet, it's more than just the next few months. It's about, you know, so. Yeah, it's long term. Yeah. And that's just what it is. Like, you're willing to do anything to get a move of God if you have the correct perspective in right. you. And um, and so we could take this kind of motivation and the tenacity into all aspects of that, our life. We're gonna it. we're gonna have the best marriage. We're gonna have the best relationships. We're gonna have the best diet. We're going to be um, as Christians. We should set the tone. We're right. not followers. We're leaders. Yeah. We're not the tail. We're the head. Right. We're the head. And that's, that's not about buying Cadillacs and having the biggest mansions. That's about in life. We're leading the way that's because it. we're to have life and life more abundantly. Yeah. We're not just supposed to be good fathers. We're supposed to be the best fathers. We're not yeah. supposed to be just good mothers. We're supposed to be the best mothers. We're not supposed to be just the good um, leaders and employees and businessmen. We're supposed to be the best. That's right. With the most integrity and the most character and the most um, good conduct and godly conduct. We're to set the pace, not to follow the pace. Come on now. And for so long, Christians have tailed in the background, trying not yeah. to be seen. I call it the gray man. Um, when you're bugging out in a in a horrific event or anything like that, a gray man is somebody who blends in. They teach you to blend in. You don't want to yeah. stand out. You want to wear neutral clothes so nobody sees you. You don't want to have a big bag. You want to have a little backpack. Yeah. Like all these things are things to make you a gray man so you don't stand out. But in the kingdom, you're actually called to stand out. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. And you're on, called man. to be the light that cannot be hidden. You're yeah. called to be the salt of the earth. 
you're called to be a Paul that goes into a city and causes a riot because of what you're doing. Yeah. Like, you know, and I'm not talking about riot breaking down buildings, but I'm talking like a ruckus. I think in the Greek, it's basically saying there was a ruckus. There was a, there was something going on because everywhere he went, there was so much, I mean, people being healed, people being delivered, people doing this. Um, and he was preaching the gospel and people were radically getting changed and it caused a scene. Like, yeah. and, but Paul never had the net. Paul was never guilty of blending in. Right. He stood out. He did it yeah. with love. And um, Stephen, Stephen, I, I just picture his, like, Stephen didn't stand. He didn't blend in. When he was being stoned to death, he prayed, Father, forgive them. That wasn't a blend-in moment. That was a standout moment. That's right. And we're not even to Jesus yet, who everywhere he went. Yeah. People were cutting holes out of roof to get to him. Wow. And, and so we have settled for blending in when we're really called to stand out. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and us us standing out is a actually something about us standing up. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm thankful that when we stand up, we're going to stand out. That's right. Amen. That's right. All right. Well, we're going to take a break here. Come back here after the break with more of Mornings of Box Two Radio on the Box Two Radio Network. Now I gotta I gotta be on the trial even longer now. That so recess. From 8.30 to 9 or what? Or what time? Oh, no. Whatever you're facing, he is more than enough. Amen? He's all you need. He is your shelter. He is your refuge. He is your strength. He is almighty one. And so we're just excited to serve in the kingdom of God and do whatever we can for the kingdom of God. Um, And so... This is truly, this is truly a blessed time to be alive. This is a historic time to be alive. We're believing for a move of God that will shake heaven and earth, and we're believing for an outpouring of His Spirit, and we're just believing God for Him to accomplish His will and the harvest to come in. And we're wanting to see lost people saved, the harvest to be um, one, and we're just excited for what the kingdom of God holds right now in the earth today. Hannah was not able to be with us this morning. She's not feeling well, and Josh had to head out for a little bit. And so I'm going to be with you all for a few minutes. I think we're going to break a little bit earlier today and play a couple of songs um, before the end of the broadcast. But um, we are still going to have a little bit more to talk about. There's a couple of questions I was going to cover here uh, that we didn't get to yesterday. And um, let me get down to them. I apologize. I should have had this ready already. All right, so I'm wanting to study. I'm wanting to start studying prophecy. Is there a particular book that I should start should start with, or a particular method I should study? So I'm presuming the prophecy here is end time eschatology, and and so I think you should always really begin. Um, I don't know if there's a particular book. Of course, Revelation, the Book of Daniel, Matthew 24, the Mount Livia discourse. All those are going to be pivotal. First and, Thess- First and Second Thessalonians are all important in those books as well, in that study of prophecy. But really, I would start to dive into Revelation and Daniel, Matthew 24, First and Second Th- Thessalonians, and then I would start to just piddle around in some prophetic prophecies um, that David may have wrote or some other ones to fulfillment of Jesus, but then look past that too. Um, Jesus spoke a lot about the end times himself. Um, and so I think there's plenty to study. I think you just have to take it slowly and patiently. I think that in studying rebel and in studying prophecy and eschatology, we should take all things literal 
unless it gives us permission to take them symbolically. And what I mean by that is that if the scripture says that it's as a mountain, all right, well, that gives me the permission to take it, um, it to take it what I would call um, symbolically, because at that point you could do a um, per se like, well, it's going to be like as a mountain, so it's going to be big, it's going to be monstrous, it's going to cause a lot of damage when it hits, but if it's literal, he would say it's a mountain. And there's some parts of the scripture where it says a, and there's some people, some parts where um, John is reaching for something and saying it's as if it's this or it's like this. That's saying he really don't have words, but it's the best he can come up with at that moment to to comparison. And so there is some symbolism that I'm, I'm reaching for that. I'm looking for that. There could be this. It could be an asteroid. It could be this. It could be that. And so like there's theories behind those because it's as if it's like this. Um, and so when you're studying prophecy, I believe that we should take things liter- literal except when it gives us permission and makes it permissible to take it symbolically. And I think that's a good starting point for that also. Now, one thing you should probably not do necessarily when you start studying the book of prophecy is just go straight into the rapture when it's happening. Be patient with it. Let your theology develop. Let your eschatology develop. Don't always be, um, all right, he's coming back this time, he's coming back this time, and never, ever try to get a certain day. We need the season. We need what's going on. We need to know the like what do we look for? What are the signs of the times that we're looking for? What's going to be prevalent? What's going to be evident around it? And so um we are we are we are cautious, we are direct, and we are studious when it comes to eschatology, but we have to be careful how much of us we put into it. We have to allow the Word to work, and we have to allow the Holy Spirit to be our greatest teacher. And the Holy Spirit will never teach us something that's contrary to the Word. He will always expound, expand, and um, reveal the Word to us in a greater measure. And so what a great question. I love that you're studying the book of um, the prophecy. I think it's very important. Um, I don't really flow with the idea of I really don't care about eschatology. I don't really see any point in studying it because if the book of John, I mean, in the book of Revelation, John says that, you know, that blessed is he who studies this book of Reve- book of prophecy. Well, what's he saying there? Happy is he. Happy is the person who studies this book of Revelation. Blessed is he. And so I think that if John can say there's a blessedness in studying the book of Revelation, that we should all do the same thing as well, that there is a blessedness in it. And um, I don't think we should ever be deterred or moved away from studying that book um, of prophecy or any book of prophecy. Um, We should always have the correct understanding going in that my, my study, I mean, even the book of Revelation, as bad as things are, um, you know, that we still win. As bad as things get, Christ is still magnified. As bad as things become, Christ still is the winner at the end of the day. And that as the body of Christ, the Spirit and the Bride says, Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. So um, now there is some resources, of course, out of the wall zoo. Um, like out of, I mean, it is, there's everywhere for um, the book of Pro- study and prophecy. Here's the deal. You have to be very cautious on it because there is 
all kinds of information. When I say all kinds, I literally mean all kinds of information concerning the book of prophecy. And um, and so, <clears throat> excuse me. And so in that, I think that we have to be very cautious because you can get you can get swept away by every word of doctrine, everything that seems like it has a great intent about it, or oh that makes sense. Um, you know, one of the things that is really an enemy of studying the word is the idea of well that makes sense. All right, well it's not about making sense because there's some things in the word that doesn't make quote unquote sense. For example, when a group of men, like we talked about a minute ago, go take their friend, cut a hole in the roof, and puts the friend down, and the friend who's never walked before gets up out of the bed and starts walking, well, that doesn't make sense, per se. It doesn't make sense that the most righteous holy man ever to live would die for the unrighteous and the unholy and the wicked and the corrupt and the liars and the adulterers. It doesn't make sense that God would um, surrender his divinity for a season so that he could die on a cross. It doesn't make sense. There's a lot of things about the scripture that doesn't make sense in our logic because the Bible says, he who has an ear, let him hear. It's not saying he who has logic, he who has understanding, he who has who is intelligent, let him hear. It's saying he who has an ear, let him hear. And Paul even says in 1 Corinthians, I do not come with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. And so I think we have to be cautious sometimes to think that everything that makes quote-unquote sense or seems to look like it fits, it doesn't always fit. If you're ever putting a puzzle together, there's times that you think, well, that piece goes there and it looks like it fits. But when you start putting more of the puzzle together, you realize, oh, I messed up there. That's not the right piece. That's not where that goes. And um, so that's where I think you have to be cautious of having every every wave of prophetic book that has ever wrote written um, concerning eschatology in front of you because there's going to be things that seemingly make sense. For example, um, there's been men who have tried to label the day, like the exact day when Jesus is coming back. And for some people, that quote-unquote made sense. Well, I'm not looking to make sense. I'm looking for revelation and truth. And um, and so we've got to just be cautious of all that. And um, my, my goal is not to make sense. My goal is to have revelation and truth. Amen. Another question is explain Matthew 5, verse 48. Ye therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now, that has been one that has troubled a lot of theologians and troubled a lot of Christians for a long time because is he demanding perfection out of us? Well, let me say this. That word there is whole. My Father is whole. He's got it all together. He is perfect. He is holy. He is righteous. And we are we are now able to be partakers of the divine nature. Just as we said earlier, we were predestined to be conformed to the image of the Son. So our striving, our goal, our reach is to be like Him. It's not to be like each other. It's not to be like Joe Smo down the street. My church isn't trying to look like your church, and your church isn't look, supposed to look like their church, and her church isn't supposed to look like his church. We are supposed to be the church pursuing one mind, one accord, one spirit, one baptism, one faith, and that is all to the glory of Jesus so that we may be the body of Christ in the earth, reaching the world with the goodness and the grace and the goodness of Jesus Christ. And the gospel, that is the power of the gospel, is life and life more abundantly. And so I think that's where, um, 
you know, I want to be perfect as my father is perfect. I'm not trying to be like Joe Schmo. I want to be like my father. And if my father is perfect, I want to strive to be like him. That perfect is, see, we have this idea in the modern day society of what perfect is. That perfect is having it all together. The bank account's right. Every hair on your hair's right. It's not gray. It's not this. There's no wrinkle on your skin. Be perfect. Be perfect. Be perfect. Look perfect. Act perfect. Um, have the perfect bank account. Have the perfect everything. And that's perfect. That's not perfect. Perfect is Jesus. So I want to be like Jesus. Again, we're going back to true holiness, and true holiness is and nothing else other than Jesus. Jesus is perfect holiness. Jesus is perfect everything, and that's who I want to be like. And that's who Romans tells me that I am being conformed in the image of. That is the Son, who? Jesus. So we are being conformed to the image of the Son. Amen. And so we are, that's it. Like, that's it, friend. That's what we're after. That's our pursuit. So be perfect as our Father is perfect. It's saying be like Jesus. Be like the Father. Be as he is, not as somebody else is. Be wrapped up in him. Be ye perfect as our Father is perfect. And he is perfect. He is whole. There's nothing missing. There's nothing broken. There will never be anything broken. There will never be anything missing. He is what we call immutable, never changing, ever the same. He is always on time. He's always grace. He's always merciful. He's always just. He's always righteous. He never changes. He cannot change. That's in what the immutability of God means, is that he literally cannot change. There's nothing about God that can change. He's unchangeable. That gives us peace and rest at night to know that he never changes, that he's unchangeable. If he was good yesterday, he's good today. And if he's good today, he'll be good tomorrow. If he had grace yesterday, he's grace today. And if he's grace today, he'll be grace tomorrow. If he was just yesterday, he's just today and he's just tomorrow. Why is that such a big deal? Because when you have an all-powerful, all-controlling God, all-powerful, he's sovereign, he is holy, he is righteous, he is, there's nothing that he can't accomplish, there's no limits on who he is, and if you have that kind of God that can change and turn bad tomorrow, that's a terrifying thing. But the thing we rest on is that he never changes. He was good yesterday. He's good today, and he's going to be good tomorrow, friend. And he is so good that he sent his son 2,000 years ago to die on an old rugged cross so that we could. he died the death that we deserve to die so that, only we, that we could live the life that only he deserves to live. And he did that 2,000 years ago so that we could have life and life more abundantly, that we could be saved, that we could be rescued from the depths of our sin, that we would no longer have a broken heart, that we would no longer be sick, we would no longer uh, i mean, sick in, sick in sin, we should no longer be this or that, but we are made whole. We are made whole by the grace of Jesus Christ, by the good news. He is our provider. He is Jireh. He is the one that, um, he is Jehovah Jireh, my provider, Jehovah Nisi, my banner, Jehovah Raphael, my healer. He is my all in all. And 2,000 years ago, he proved that on the cross, that he's willing to do anything to make us right with him. He solved the great dilemma. He made a way where there seemed to be no way. His grace is sufficient. His gospel is great. And no matter where you've gone, no matter what you've done, you're not too far and you're not out of his reach. He is still calling you home, friend. He is still calling you back to him. He wants you. He wants to give you a new heart. He wants to give you a new spirit. You were created for more than this. You were not destined to live a life of sin. You were not destined. You were not created to live a life of adultery. 
of alcoholism, of pornography. You were not created to live a life of lasciviousness and maliciousness and anger and bitterness and and hate you were not created for that what you created for is to be conformed in the image of the son so that we could reflect him in the earth so that all the nations to see his goodness through us amen that's what you were created for and that's what the gospel produces an ability to be seen as he is seen and philip just as he told philip if you've seen me you've seen the father we should be able to say if you've seen me you've seen the christ because we reflect him and we just do what he says us to do i do nothing except what i see my father do and that's what we should strive and be after as well amen well there's a song that we all know there's a song that we all love tremendously and i asked mariah to have that in the queue for when we're ready to play it but it's called gyra and it's a song by maverick city everybody knows it but i love this song because i believe it speaks so much of he is gyra my provider the love and so we love you guys so much this morning. Um, I'm so privileged and honored that you give us your ear two hours every weekday here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio. It's an honor. It's a humbleness to it. We love you guys. Keep telling your friends to listen in. Keep um, growing. Help us. If you got a Bible question, 270-230-6337. Don't be afraid to get that answer question to me. If you have a comment, compliment, complaint, whatever it is, we love to interact with the body of Christ, and we love to interact with the family. We call you family here. You're not listeners. You're not an audience. We're not trying to entertain you. What we're trying to do is grow the family and be a tool in the hand of the Father to reach souls, edify the body, and see the glory of God cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. We'll be back tomorrow here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network.